We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The following podcast is a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be sent to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. It's time! With Bruce Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Boise, Idaho, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but maybe you're afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on its time. That's why we call this show all about sex, drugs, rock and roll, politics, film, sports, UFC. And we've got a lot to talk about regarding the UFC because we came off a big weekend. Here I am with my co-host, TJ DeSantis. TJ, what a week. we got some stuff to talk about. How are you? And are you ready to let it fly? I'm great, man. Yeah, uh, what a week. Uh, it's Tuesday as we record this. And, uh, I mean, I'm feeling it. I wasn't even on the ground in Las Vegas, but I'm feeling the, the hangover, if you will, of International Fight Week. And, uh, yeah, this one will be one to remember for years to come, I think. Yeah, absolutely, no question. And, you know, for me, I went to Vegas on – when did I go to Vegas? I went to Vegas on Thursday. I uh, had the tough finale on Friday. Um, you know, good show. Uh, the second tough fight was not uh, – the most exciting fight, uh, I noticed that Dana did not walk in and give the belt to the winner as he normally does. Um, but the rest of the show had some very, very good fights. I want to congratulate the winners uh, on their accomplishments. And that led into the big, big show. Now, of course, we know we have Brian Ortega on last week leading up to his big fight with Max Holloway. Of course, we go through that it's time curse where we do the show. And then a day later, it's uh, due to Max Holloway tragically uh, suffering health issues, right. which could prevent him from coming back for even a year, we, if at all. We called it out, too. I mean, I, we, I feel you so said bad. It. Yeah. Yeah. You said it. The possibility that, that something could happen that we're not aware of. We didn't call it in the Holloway right, Ortega right, right. fight. But um, the main thing I want to say is that, okay, we lost the Ortega fight. Uh, first and foremost, my best wishes uh, for a speedy and full 100% recovery with whatever the diagnosis fully and properly is for Max Holloway, that he comes out. And he comes back, and he still is the warrior. Of course, he will always be. But there's a question mark here, and it mm. remains to be seen. We're talking about the human brain. Right. So we will see how that culminates. Brian Ortega, a man of true class, as was shown on his interview with us last week, 
Um, I talked to Brian. He had a great attitude. He was bothered by the fact that some of his fans were turning on him because of the fight that was offered to him for Stephen, uh, was it uh, Jeremy Stevens, who's always ready to go whenever he's called upon. But I can tell you, TJ, I talked to Brian at you. I'll be open about it. I talked to Brian at UC 26. I said, I have no, now remember Brian to get paid a dollar. Okay. He's the one that gave up the money. He could have gotten it for the payday. Right. Brian Ortega has stepped into the last minute situation and always been there. He trained for Max Holloway. He has a undefeated record. He wants to fight for the title. He didn't think it was the right thing to do. He was willing to go without income. And I have no problem with his decision on not taking the offered fight for Jeremy Stevens. So I told Brian, as a Brian, when it comes down to these things, don't listen to what people say or think. And he's strong. He had a great attitude. And I just told him that classic line, they don't pay your bills. Okay, you're the one that makes right. the decision in life. You're the warrior putting your blood, sweat, and tears on the line. I have no problem. I'm just hoping that UFC uh, brings you into your backyard for UFC 227 in August 4th at Staples in Los Angeles, where you live in, Los, in the Southern California area. It'll be great for ticket sales. Who knows how it's going to happen, but it's not going to be Max Holloway. Question to you, TJ. What is the fight they would make? Because I would think it would be an interim title fight. Who does he fight, TJ? I have an idea, but just tell me, who, is he, who does he fight? Well, I think it is Jeremy Stevens, to be honest with you. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's it's it would make sense for him to fight Jeremy Stevens. He's not going to fight Frankie Edgar. He just beat Frankie Edgar. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one thing, kind of circling back to what you were talking about, uh, about his fans turning on him, I think that anybody that was upset with Brian Ortega was truly just upset about the fact that they weren't going to see him fight. And like you truly. said, they don't, they don't understand necessarily firsthand what it means to put in a training camp, get ready for the biggest fight of your life, and have that switcheroo. Uh, pulled on you, and and when you're fighting for a world title, um, you know you you don't know how many world title fights you're going to get. You and I both believe that Brian Ortega is going to be at the top of this division for years to come. Whether or not he would have won a title last weekend, um, it, it wouldn't matter. I think Brian Ortega is going to have multiple title fights uh, before his career is all said and done. But with that said, you're fighting for your legacy. Wins and losses don't get erased at the end of the season in mixed martial arts. And Brian Ortega wants to fight under certain circumstances, and he's entitled to that. He's a professional athlete. He's in charge Ab of his brand. Absolutely. And one thing that happened, it was a beautiful moment. It was during UFC 226 on Saturday night. Brian's there, class act, in a suit, bow tie, uh, looking as Hollywood looks, you know, looking as great as ever. And they put his face on the screen. Now, when they did in the arena, everybody went ballistic. They clapped. They loved him. And I walked over to him. I said, Brian, I bet that was good for you to hear that. I bet you, you just saw Right. That's what it's all about. And and he smiled, you know, that million-dollar smile he has, and cool. onward and upward. Now, getting back earlier in the fight, uh, in the night of fights, I want to say that Paul Felder's war against Mike Perry, oh, a man. true courageous war, you know, definitely got stitched up for it. That's not the reason it was courageous with the, the bloody face. I'm not talking about that. But Paul Felder is another one that falls into the Chuck Liddell list of warriors that anywhere, anyone, anytime, another man who took this fight, if I'm not mistaken, on short notice, and showed up to fight. And uh, excellent fight. Congratulations right. to Mike Perry. Moving on. The Paulo Costa, Uriah Hall fight. I got to say something to Paulo Costa before I get into this. My mom, she's going to be 90 years old September 3rd. She loves Paulo Costa, right? So <laughs> I sent a picture of him to her. Your mom, Paulo Costa, is going to be fighting in two bouts. And she wrote back when the fight started. You know the text she sent me? You're going to love this, TJ. It said, hubba hubba. Ah, <laughs> oh, my 
Mama Buff. I yeah, love Mama it. Buff having fun watching the UFC. So she had fun. Paulo Costa against a tough warrior in Uriah Hall. Uh, definitely a heck of a fight. I think he won a $50,000 bonus that night. Good for him. Um, Khalil Roundtree with ease took Ooh. out the much anticipated, uh, you know, Go uh, Kensaki, you know, the, the brutal K1 kickboxer who got knocked out right Khalil Roundtree. Wow. Yeah, I mean, wow, these, things, these, things, these things happen in mixed martial arts. And, um, you know, just because mixed martial arts is on the feet to start and this fight, you know, was entirely on the feet, it doesn't mean that Saki's not as good of a kickboxer as we believe. The whole dynamic changes when you put in, you know, takedowns. And, and even if takedowns aren't attempted, y your stance is different. Things are different. Y you could be the best striker in the world and, and get knocked out. Um, by someone that's not as good of a striker as you. We've seen it time and time again in, mm -hmm. in mixed martial arts. I mean, Kevin Randleman knocked out Mirko Krokov, you know? In, in a K-1 yeah. fight, that never happens. But no. in, in mixed martial arts, uh, it, it, it changes everything. And, and I know some people are like, oh, well, he didn't really go for takedowns or anything like that. It, it doesn't matter. It's smaller gloves, and the possibilities are endless. Therefore, you have to sort of change your stance, change your style, and uh, Khalil Roundtree... Uh, he was the one who got his hand raised at the end of the night. Yeah, and with all <clears throat> with all respect to Gokensaki, he was um, real excited when I was introducing him in the octagon afterwards. I mean, he was just so upset with himself, as anybody would be. Right. But, you know, move on. Next fight. Next up was Anthony Pettis and Chiesa, Michael Chiesa. I uh, had fun introducing Michael Chiesa, him calling me into the corner, similar to Dan Hardy, brought back some memories. But Anthony Pettis, looking fantastic, taking out the tough Mike Chiesa. He, went, he came in, had to give up a reported, if I'm not mistaken, 30% of his purse. It uh, would have been 30% of his win money if he won. Uh, he lost, and we will not see Mike Chiesa lightweight again. Mike Chiesa is going to have to move up to welterweight, and he's already stated the fact, I'm not mistaken, that that's where he's going to be. Then we come up with the Derek Lewis. Uh, congratulations, Anthony Pettis. Really, uh, what, a, what a guy who's been in this game a long time and is looking fantastic. Now, Derek Lewis and Francis Agano, okay? We all know that. Mm. Uh, second lowest strike count in the history of the UFC, and some people would say that which would constitute for the second Boring his fight in the UFC. I am not one to boo fighters. I'm not one to put them down. They're in there doing their thing. But what the heck happened? And even a quote from Derek Lewis stated, quote, I quote, I got so bored I started listening to the chants. It really did sound like a surround sound in the stadium. TJ, I don't know if it showed on the TV, but the audience was so bored with this fight um, that they started lighting lighters. Yeah. They did the they did the wave. Mm -hmm. They did they they did everything they could. And Dana came out after the fight and made a statement, which I'm only reporting what the statement was. I'm not saying this is my opinion, but he said that Francis Ngano's ego got the best of him. And he's got to check his ego. We've seen this happen many times. Now, when people say that, you might say, what does that have to do with fighting? It has a lot to do with fighting. What does it have to do with the night of your performance? It's all about the buildup. Right. It's how serious you take yourself, you know, and you don't get caught up in headlines, right? So Francis came out humble in the way he should be yep. and admitted the only thing I can do is apologize in so many words and perform to show you what I can do on my next fight. Right. That's all he can do. That's yeah. all, and that's all Derek can do. It's not just Francis. Oh, it's exactly. Derek too. I mean, yeah. so th this was my takeaway from the fight. Um, I don't know Francis Ngannou personally. I can't make any statement to his ego or anything like that. But, uh, you know, he's coming off the biggest loss of his career. Things like that are hard for a fighter to deal with. And sometimes 
they get into their own heads. I'm not saying that Ngannou was necessarily cocky, arrogant. I'm not saying that he was scared. I'm not saying anything. But if you talk to any fighter that has fought this game for a long period of time, most of them will say that there is a lot that goes into the mental preparation for an athlete to do what mixed martial artists do. And Francis Ngannou, to me, young guy, very new to fighting, period. Not even just fighting at a high level, fighting, period. And, uh, you know, it might be good for him to, you know, change things up when it comes to the mental approach. I know he changed things up in his training camp, but I, I would, you know, be prone or be apt to say that uh, maybe, maybe a sports psychologist is in his future because he has all the talent in the world, and I firmly believe he'll be back in there doing big things, but uh, he needs to reevaluate the mental side a little bit. Yeah, I think he needs to go to Siberia and train with Ivan Drago. <laughs> I really do. I think he's got to get back to his roots. He's got to get back and play the Rocky song every day he walks in that gym and say, I'm hungry again, because that's what it's about. Don't it Partially, don't don't forget where you came from. Stay hungry. you got to stay. You're, when you're a fighter, right. it's one thing to make a ton of money. You know, like with Conor McGregor, his own self-motivation comes through, how that's going to come through, and it seems to be increasing as I, as I look at his Instagrams to get back and be the warrior that he is. But you can't forget where you came from. You've got to keep that hunger, you know, because life can change. No matter how much money you make, it can change overnight, and you're only as good as your last performance. With that being said, the last performance of Daniel Cormier has Ooh. shocked the world. Ooh. He is now the double official legitimate defending Okay, light heavyweight, and now the heavyweight champion who will defend the belt, going through an amazing competitor, a fantastic human being, and Stipe Miocic, who held that reign and that crown and that belt longer than any heavyweight in UFC history, yep. and he went through him like goose, like liver through a goose. And I mean that with all respect right. to Stipe, okay? Because just like you said earlier, any time at any time. Right. Now, Dan, here's the interesting fact. You've got to realize, too, and I know you do, TJ. But for our audience, Daniel Cormier last fought at 205 pounds. Daniel Cormier came in at 247 pounds, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Daniel Cormier weighed more than Stipe Miocic in this fight. Right. Now, when he fights, as we all know, Brock Lesnar came in at the end of the fight. Everybody is either completely upset about, oh, the UFC is being WWE, the this, that, blah, 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 blah. Curtis Blades should get the shot. Yes, Curtis Blades should get the shot, really, in, in reality, when you look at the rankings and let's say one or maybe two that should have a shot at it. But Brock Lesnar brings numbers. Brock Lesnar brings competitiveness. Right. Yeah. Yes. And, and the bottom line he's is, no matter what, champion too. It's not like I mean. Yeah. I, I saw. I, I saw some people comparing this to is if CM Punk were to get a title shot. It's like nah, you're being no, 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 no. You're, you're being, being ridiculous. Right. No. He, yes. I mean, he, here's my issues with Brock Lesnar getting a title fight. One, I don't know what his status is. Uh, mm -hmm. I believe he's still suspended by USADA. He'll be, um, he'll be eligible in January. Right. Uh, he'll be eligible in January, but he also has to go through the testing pool. Well, I don't he's know. now, as of Monday, if right. I'm sorry, right? as of Monday, he's on, right. if I'm not mistaken, the USADA test. So they could show right. up any day no, I, I at understand. his house. I, yeah. I understand. So, but, but again, um, I don't know what's going on there. Um, mm -hmm. Two, uh, I, I mean, I hate to say this, spoiler alert, Daniel Cormier is going to finish Brock Lesnar in less than a round. Daniel Cormier is the Joe Frazier of the UFC. Daniel Cormier is the bowling ball, and I mean that with respect, that, listen, when I was, when I was doing my little goes, whether or whatever, the, the guys that scare me the most are always those, those uh, fire plug, you know, wrestler types like Daniel. They just, 
they're, they're, I'd rather fight a bigger guy. And people go, oh, well, well, Brock is twice as – no, he's not twice as big. If Daniel comes in at 250 pounds, let's right. say, or 245, the maximum that Brock can weigh at weigh-in is 265. Right. So you're going to have equal-sized men, give or take 25, 30 pounds, right. which at that heavyweight well, level is not that much. Well, also it's too, just a size differential. Also, uh, too, uh, when you talk about size, Bruce, a lot of it is negated at the highest level of mixed martial arts because of the technique that is involved. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's different when you're talking about, you know, a guy fighting at 150 and, and a guy fighting at 75 or something like that, you know, fighting each other. But, but at heavyweight, I, I mean, a lot of that, uh, is negated just by technique. And also too, if, if you're much bigger, if you're above, way above 265 pounds, I mean, Brock Lesnar might be the exception to the rule, but odds are your lighter opponent is going to be a bit quicker than you. Um, but I mean, I, I don't I don't think that there is really a size difference. If if it is, I mean, there, there's a lot of. I mean, let me tell you the differences in this fight. Let me tell you the differences that matter in this fight. Daniel Cormier will not be taken down by Brock Lesnar. If he does, he will initiate a scramble. In those scrambles, Daniel Cormier is much more dangerous than Brock Lesnar. I believe he has the abilities to maybe grab something and put him in a submission. He also has the ability to pepper Brock Lesnar. Brock mm-hmm. Lesnar is not good at getting hit. He's never been good at getting hit. Turns his head. Right, look at the Cain Velasquez fight. When Cain mm-hmm. connects with him, Brock runs. He he Brock, literally has nothing. And he hates he hates to get hit. Right, and and you know, not everyone can really take it. That that's not a knock to Brock Lesnar. I'm talking straight tactics here. Here's the mm-hmm. thing though, and this is what you're getting at. Everybody that was upset about what happened between Brock Lesnar and Daniel Cormier, you shouldn't you shouldn't like Conor McGregor. Then you shouldn't like a lot of fighters that go out and sell their fights because that's what they're doing. Is there real animosity between Lesnar and Cormier? N- not really. Maybe. I think there, there, there's, one, there's one thing that they'll butt heads, butt heads on, and this is what every fighter will butt heads on. They think that they're the best, and someone is stepping to them and, and challenging them. Cormier has stated that he's been to past WWE matches with his kids. Mm-hmm. If I'm not incorrect, and Brock and he have talked, and he's been really great to his kids. Cormier is a WWE fan. Brock is a WWE wrestler who makes his money acting like a WWE wrestler, even when he's fighting for real. And let me give you a counterpoint. I went in the octagon. You may have seen it. Probably got shown on TV. I had my iPhone out. I climbed back into the octagon after I made the announcement because I thought, this is a moment i got to capture. Right. And I took some film, and I put it on my Instagram. Now, I've had many posts of great moments on video from UFC, and maybe they've gotten a half million views or 300,000 views, right? So far in, what is today, Tuesday, in two and a half days, this has gotten almost 1.3 million views and 840 comments. Now, I would say that 80% of the comments are, why is the UFC acting like the WWE or something to that extent, or why are they letting Brock back? You know, all the stuff we're discussing Fight sport is spectacle. It always has been. Right, right. But the point I'm trying to make is if you don't think numbers wise, I'm sure Curtis Blaze deserves a shot. We know that. Sure. But if you don't think that this is not going to do one and a half million buys or more, like every time Brock steps in or a million or more. Yeah. Folks, we're in business, folks. And the the thing is about making fights. And this is something I don't care how they act. The night this fight happens and I do my announcing and get my ass out of the octagon, they have to fight for real. Right. Okay. And they will. They will. I mean. Here's here's the thing. You are damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you don't do things like this, people say, well, you didn't step up and market yourself. You should right. be more like Conor McGregor. And then if you do things like this, they go, ah, oh, the sport's terrible. Conor McGregor's the worst. See what he started? Like, you can't win. 
The bottom line you know is what? this. The bottom line is this. That was done for casual fans, Bruce. Casual fans are the ones that truly move the needle, and casual fans ensure the future of big money mixed martial arts paydays. In, and two, yeah, two other points along with your points. Everybody that says negative and everybody that says positive is going to do what that night? They're going to buy the pay per view right. or they're going to watch it where they can watch it. I was well, I finished the tough finale. Here's a, here's another part. I finished the tough finale. And two Irish guys, tough looking dudes, they're fighters, came up to me when I'm standing. I go, oh, Bruce, we're riding with you in your taxi. And and uh, um, our buddy, the comic uh, that works with Matt Sarah. Right? Uh, Jim Norton. Yeah, Jim Norton. He's out front. He's giving me a ride in his Uber. Right. And mm-hmm. I go, guys, I'm going for a ride with Jim Norton. Well, we'll go with. No, I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way, guys. Can't do that. But the guy who uh, in the front of the hotel, the, the, the valet fellow gave, gave me a taxi. I said, guys, get in the taxi. I'll take you where you're going. So now they're, they go, we train with Connor. We do this and you know, all that. And, and everybody loves Connor, but I've also talked to a couple other people there and they told me I'm only going by what a personal opinion is of an Irish statesman who said to me that they've noticed that he's basically alienated or had half the country that doesn't like him since his, uh, you know, uh, criminal activity at the Barclays center. Right. And the other half loves him, but you know what? They're all going to buy the pay-per-view. Right. It's the old heel versus, what do you call it? Heel versus the he, whatever. Heel versus baby face. And, and honestly, right. it's the heel that really drives money. A baby face can't make money unless there's a heel. And the mm. heel really wins both ways because either people love him or they love to hate him. And both will pay money to see uh, him compete because that's what they need. They need to know whether or not the villain gets what he deserves or if the villain you know reigns supreme and that that's why we like fight sports so much because we don't know what the ending is this isn't a major motion picture where you know the ending can be changed and you know focus groups dictate what happens uh this is the real world and no matter what happens leading up to a fight whether someone throws a hand dolly through a window or brock lesnar starts calling everyone an mfer uh when whoever says you know fight uh that's real and Let's steal the line from the UFC. It's as real as it gets. It, absolutely. No, another note here. Uh, Dave Meltzer, who's always on top of, you know, pretty much has a good feel for the pay-per-view right. buy numbers, has reported that the buy rate, the buy rate, which uh, they're they're using the word disappointing. I don't think it's disappointing necessarily because it's higher than it's been, is coming around 400,000 buys. So let me ask you, TJ, you're yeah. sitting on the board of directors at Zufa. You're having mm-hmm. a meeting. And you say, okay, guys. There's no rule that says we have to put the number one contender against the heavyweight champion. Uh, but here's a great chance. Brock Lesnar called me two days ago, and he says, Vince McMahon said I can fight. I want to fight. Let's make the fight. Mm-hmm. I'm coming to Vegas to show that I'm ready for the fight. Oh, okay. Well, that'll bring us about a million to two million pay-per-view buys, depending how we put this card together. And we just did 400,000 buys with the number one contender and the great fighter, right. Steve Pemiovic. What is the, what, 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 where is the, I mean, you're running a business. Bruce, right? Bruce, you're asking me if I want several million dollars. That, that's for the business. That, I mean, yeah, that's what Your you're pocket, asking. Pocket the business, whatever. Right. It's, it's yeah, yeah, generation. Like the question is, hey, do you want money? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Poor yes. Curtis Blades. I get it, but but this is the thing. This is you know that old saying, "Winning solves everything." Mm-hmm. As long as Curtis Blades continues to win, or heck, if he just says, "I'm not going to fight until I get a title fight," that's his prerogative. He can do that. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. The bottom line is this. Life isn't fair. I wish it were. I I mean, there are plenty of things that didn't go my way, and all I can chalk it up to is life's not fair. You keep on keeping on. Absolutely. But for the the betterment of everyone, I mean, again, 
the, the company was sold for $4 billion. You need to ensure that you make the most money out of it. Right. That's and what's that, going to make money. And that's what they do. That's why they sign $300 million year ESPN deals. That's right. why they create all these other revenue. Hey, hey, and, let, let me just say this. It, people that are upset about DC and Brock Lesnar, at least it's not Hoist Gracie, Ken Shamrock, okay? All or right. Cheeto Ortiz and Chuck Liddell. Some right. people might say, well, what right. about that? But sure. Even though we're all going to want to watch it right. that have been around. The, if you've been a fan of the sport for 10 years, you're right. going to want to watch that fight. The, the bottom line is I have never really seen anyone in the UFC get a title shot that they didn't completely didn't deserve. Everyone that has fought for a title has had the credentials and, you know, for the most part, uh, live up to their, their billing. Now, maybe they come up short. Yada, yada, yada. You can come up with, with examples and underdogs, blah, 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 blah. But the bottom line is this. Brock Lesnar, yes, he's a, he's a sports entertainer. Yes, he has been away from mixed martial arts and the active level for a while. But the bottom line is the man won a UFC title in his fifth professional fight. He defended it multiple times, and he destroyed people. Mm -hmm. This is a guy who has the accolades and credentials to fight Daniel Cormier. On top of that... He also moves the needle in epic fashion. So you're right, you're right about uh, one thing. He's not going to take Cormier down. I mean, I, I, I'm excuse me. I'm just analyzing the fight. I don't really see him taking Cormier down. But you know what? This is the excitement we have to look forward to. Tons of others. Plus, we do have the excitement to looking forward to of Curtis Blades coming back. I'm a fan of Curtis Blades. I like I love watching him fight. I want to ask you one quick question before we move on to the news. Mm -hmm. um, what is with Cain Velasquez? What is the current? situation with Kane. Why is Kane not in the octagon? Refresh me. Educate um, me. I mean, he's had some injuries, um, and that's all I really know. Uh, to me, it just doesn't seem like there's a fire there anymore, and, and that's fine. I mean, I don't know what Kane is doing right now. I don't know if Kane's financial situation is such that he doesn't need to fight. I don't know, um, but the bottom line is this. I don't see Kane Velasquez screaming and hollering for a fight, so whatever mm -hmm. he's doing in his private life, I mean, we have to respect that. Gotcha. All right. All that being said, great weekend. By the way, the UFC 226 cards I'm putting up on eBay in the next week. Um, if you want to have a chunk of history of what is definitely one of the greatest of all time fighters in the UFC and in mixed martial arts, uh, speaking of Daniel Cormier, then here's a chance to get a historical moment of him winning his heavyweight championship second belt in the UFC. Those will be up for uh, sale for charity proceeds. Uh, this week, so check out eBay if you're interested. And Only the 14th let, time I've ever put them on for sale. Yeah, I mean, you you gave me uh, the UFC and Fox cards when when Demetrius Johnson uh, knocked out Joseph Benavidez, and uh, and I want those back. <laughs> you can't have them back over my dead body. Um, yeah. They're they're a fantastic uh, conversation starter. They're a one in a lifetime uh, sort of thing. I mean, you said you've you've done this less than 15 times. Uh, the the fact 14. that. I mean, yeah, I mean, the fact that I have them, um, I adore them. I really do, Bruce. And if anybody has some extra money that they can put down, and again, like you said, uh, you know, a chunk of this goes to charity. It's a good mm -hmm. cause. Um, you'll never buy something quite like this if you're a memorabilia type of person. I'm not really a memorabilia type of person, but uh, the, these things are really, really cool. And, and I, I, the only problem, the only problem I'm saying, Buff, is you got to figure out how to display them because it, it's difficult because you want every card to sort of be displayed. I lay mine out nicely on a table with a sign that says, don't touch these. But uh, if someone has an idea on how to display them properly, I'd love to know it because, uh, you know, putting them in a picture frame uh, kind of defeats the purpose of seeing all of them at the same time. You know what I mean? 
Well, you know, I would suggest, uh, like I've always wanted to do with my UFC 100 cards where I did the 360. I've got the tuxedo and the cards. I was thinking about making a, a beautiful, like, you know, you see those things in Vegas shops, you know, with the, the, the jacket or whatever or another would be to have a poster of the event and lay the cards around the edge of the poster and put it in a glass frame along with the with the uh, program. That's the best way I would suggest. Yeah, but yeah, I can see that. I mean, I also had the program that you gave me from that event. Like there, there's a way to do it. Yeah, yeah there's a way. If you're going to put the money down, I think you do need to go to a professional uh, framer, though, and yeah, uh, and do it. Sure. Have it done. You know, it costs you a hundred bucks to have it. Yeah, done. Yeah, but like what I'm saying, what, what I'm saying there, Bruce, is any real mixed martial arts fan who likes autographs and likes memorabilia and, and wants to own a piece of history, uh, there's no better get. By the way, you said uh, uh, UFC 100 when you did the 360. Uh, pomp and circumstance. It's not on the show, unfortunately, but this is our 360th episode of it. Wow, time. seriously, it is. Yeah. Wow, legitimately the 300, not more, 360. Yeah, no, this is it, 360, wow. episode 360, and uh, it took us 10 years to get here. And, That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to get together, uh, just some personal business, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I don't have a babysitter. My babysitter quit a little bit unexpected on me, so uh, I've been forced to uh, be a working uh, dad where uh, I'm, I'm at home all day because it's summer vacation, hanging out. I'm not going to read about you and the babysitter on TMZ like nah, I read about Schwarzenegger nah, a few nah, years nah, ago. Nah, I'm like, nah, okay, nah, okay. Nah, nah, no, Make sure no I work right. all the time, Bruce. Nothing nothing okay. crazy happens. But yeah, so trying to get a little uh, Sammy Phillips, uh, uh, you know, CD material there. No, no, no. But uh, okay. yeah, so uh, not next week because I'll be gone, but pretty soon we're going to have to do maybe the Eddie Bravo show at the Buffer Manor, things like that. We're, we'll. We'll, we'll make a proper. We have to do a tenth, show. tenth anniversary show with yeah. Sammy and, and the whole nine yards, and we will we will do that. We definitely will do that. Um, that's great to hear. I, I love hearing that stuff. So now, TJ, here's the thing. Let's go into some news. The big the big news of the story, the mm -hmm. big story of the week. I've had tears over the story watching this develop. Script writers are already probably finishing the movie. Thank God, whoever your God is, I thank him if he had anything to do with this. But thank God that that soccer team. The Thai soccer team, oh, all all the kids are out. The coach is out. They were worried. Three Navy SEALs and one other person was left behind. They are out. Tragically, a Thai Navy SEAL lost his life over the last week trying to save these young boys. But my gosh, the, the fact of the matter is they are out. They are healthy. They will all make a, expected to make a full recovery. Kudos and kudos to Everybody, including even Elon Musk, who sent a submarine over there to possibly help them, a small submarine, anything that could have been done. Everybody had anything to do with this. Thank you. And, and just I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I've shed it. I've shed it tears. And you might go, buff. Oh, you know me, TJ. I get emotional. And I even watched a movie with Keanu Reeves last night. You might never seen called Hardball, where he coached uh, uh, under, you know, like a, a team in, in New York or something like that of young black kids playing baseball ages nine through 12. Do you ever see that? Uh, I have. Yes. Uh, oh my God. It's such a good movie. And I'm like, I just got home last night and I'm watching this film. Ah, TJ water runs, man. I just, I just feel for this. I feel when I, when I read these things right. and when I see a beautiful movie like that, well, and that's part of being a man. Right. And, and it goes back to, I mean, goes back to the cards that you're going to be selling on eBay. You, You've always had a heart, you know, you, uh, you, you've dabbled in philanthropy. You've always donated to certain charities and, and done things for others that are, are in need. And, uh, you know, sometimes the waterworks flow at, uh, at sentimental, uh, movies and, sure. uh, I'm not mad at it. And yeah, getting back to the, the, uh, the, the soccer team getting free. I mean, we talked about this, I think it was last week or the week before when, when the news was breaking, uh, we thought that this was going to be an incredibly long process. And the fact Four that it only months. took about two weeks 
is well, a it huge had, success. They were forced to because right, the, 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 the waters were rising. Yeah. yeah, and they had to get in there, and they got in there, and they got the number done. So clap, clap, kudos, everything I could possibly say, just amazing. Now, another amazing thing, and he's going to need a lot of antacid for this, I had Michael one time announce the famous Coney Island hot dog eating contest, the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Right. Uh, with his great Let's Get Ready to Rumble. Well, Joey Chestnut breaks the world record. Um, he's undeniably the, the greatest of all time of hot dog eating contests. He just broke his own record. And he scored another victory this weekend at Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Last Wednesday, excuse me. Shoving 74 hot dogs down his mouth. And the last record uh, he did, if I'm not mistaken, he beat his record by 30 hot dogs. Okay, and he did this. I think in less than an hour. I don't have the exact thing right here, but let me give you something. Well, I know he ate 74 hot dogs in five minutes. There we go. Five minutes. Now, let me give you. People always wonder, and I wonder too, does he throw up? Does he put his fingers down his throat to throw up? Does he take a gigantic whatever's, you know, for the next day? He does. I mean, he definitely does take a gigantic whatever, but yeah. I don't know about the the puking. Well, I don't know either, and it's not illegal once it's over, right? right of I course mean, not. You know, no. Okay. Oh, right, so I here's... think I think I not to cut you off, but not about, during the contest. Right, right, right. But think about how hard that would be on your esophagus. Um, you know, think about how hard this is on right. your human body, the right. stomach alone. You're going beyond well, where you should go. That, that's the thing too. Like you know, you stereotype you know what you think someone who could eat 74 hot dogs in five minutes would look like. Uh, Joey Chestnut does not look like that. Uh, you know, Kobayashi does not look like that. Um, they're, they're, they're true athletes. Like I know it's not in the, in the typical sense they're of the eating form. athletes, they're right. eating athletes. Yeah. I, I've been to these things once or twice. It blows me away. Even if they eat 20 dogs. So let me give you the, the lowdown. 74 hot dogs translate into 22,200 oh calories. Oof. The total amount of fat that he consumed in that five minutes was 1,332 grams of fat. That's 1,700% more than you should, okay? That's not counting the saturated fats, which is another 444 grams. That's 2,200 times more than you should in a day. Cholesterol, 888 times more than you should. Eight, excuse me, nine times more than you should in a day. Mm -hmm. 2,664 grams of cholesterol. Sodium, right? Twenty, Almost 24 times the amount of sodium you should properly consume in a day, if at all, 54,242 grams of sodium and the Whopper carbohydrates, 1,850 yep. car- grams of carbohydrates, dietary fiber. This shows you there's no fiber in hot dog, only 74 grams. There's absolutely no fiber in hot 74 dogs. grams? There's one that, gram per hot dog? That's it. Oh, my God. Total sugars, 296 grams. That's too much. Now, protein-wise, 814 grams. That stands right. to reason. Yeah. Holy. I mean, hey, if you let, don't let feel me, like crap, Jesus. Yeah. Well, let me say this, though, too, and, and this is what's kind of crazy to me. Um, everyone talks about, you know, eating the hot dog. You have to eat that bun. That bun is there. And, and to me, I mean, I'm not going to be able to eat 74 hot dogs. It's not happening. But they, to they me, water, You know, they dip it in water and stuff Right, like right. But still, like, the bread is what would be... I think sitting in your stomach like a rock. Do you know oh, what I mean? Wor- the worst bread in the world. White bread. The yeah. worst bread in the world. Yeah, the I, worst. Th- I think that would be harder to pass than the you know incredibly overprocessed hot dog. The meat. I listen. I I'm not. You know me. I'm not. I eat really well. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, you're love- you, you're the dude that didn't know how to say Chick Fil A on the air. Yeah, exactly. But I do <laughs> love. You're right. You're right. But I Chick-fil-A. do love a good hot dog. I love 
you know, good sausages and broth first and buns and all that kind of stuff. I love that. But I mean, to eat even five of those, oh my God, I couldn't do it. All right. Now, another thing about eating Southwest Airlines, we all fly it. We go to Vegas, you all fly it. Right. Um, yeah. They're, they're not going to serve peanuts anymore. Uh, you know, they, I'm not, they serve I'm you not nothing to begin that. with. Right. I'm not mad at that either. I know. I actually, I don't even eat peanuts on planes. I like almonds. But, you know, oh, yeah, dude. They're just cutting it out. And one of the key reasons is because. There's people sometimes don't really understand if they suffer from peanut related right. injury allergies. Well, a lot of people too, uh, unfortunately, um, if they haven't flown a lot, they don't realize that they need to notify the airline when they buy their ticket that they have a peanut allergy. So mm-hmm. they're on the plane, and and that's the thing about peanuts. Like uh, peanut allergies are, I think, are among the worst sort of allergy to have because it's not even like oh you eat a peanut you're in trouble. It's if I touch peanut oil or anything like that, you can have an issue. And, you know, that that canned uh, or recycled air, you know, on a plane, um, you know, stuff gets around. Like, I mean, I for the longest time, I didn't fly a lot. Now I fly a lot more. Uh, Bruce, every time I used to step on a plane, I would get sick. My immune system now is much better. But every time I got on a plane, I knew that as soon as I either got home or got to my destination, I'd probably be, you know, runny nose, all that stuff for about three or four days. I have the pleasure of flying business in first class, mostly when I fly. And you might think, okay, the food's great. No, it's not. Okay, I carry food on planes. On international flights, it gets a little better. Right. But I still carry food on planes. Yeah. And I, I just made it a habit. I started this two years ago, and it just it makes me feel better for the reasons you just laid out. Let's go into the next story. The Mandalay Bay was the site of the Vegas massacre, mm. right? It just it just came out. You know, none of us knew this, but the the massacre last October was not the first time that a massacre has been potential massacre has been thwarted at the hotel. Uh, according to documents that at came Mandalay? out, yes, there oh. was a nearly identical situation three years before on, uh, in 2014 on November 29, where a housekeeper discovered a guest on the 24th floor had brought in multiple oh. semi-automatic assault weapons into his room. And when she went in, she noticed one of the weapons, a high powered rifle equipped with a scope was positioned. So it was pointed out of the hotel onto the Vegas Strip. The dock claims the weapons were positioned to shoot a large mass of people. The housekeeper thwarted the effort, and the man was ultimately and eventually convicted and sentenced to 40 months in prison. That never came out. It just came out. Well, I mean, I hate to say it. That's something that you almost don't want to put out in mainstream media because, I mean, not psychopaths don't need inspiration, but we do have copycats, you know what I mean? And something that is that horrendous, you, you don't necessarily want to state it because you know it it does put an idea in some people's heads exactly now i'm going to give a big applause uh to uh some wild lions oh <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw this and i yeah. knew you were going to bring this up on the show uh but, yeah go yep. lions two rhino poachers on a south african game reserve the owner of the lodge uh commented this a ranger uh taking guests at the reserve in eastern cape on a safari drive discovered the remains of humans mm. close to a pride of lions. So they respect the two, possibly three, because they can't find the third. Those were poachers. Yep. Right? They found an axe and three pair of shoes and gloves found later, which are used in poaching because they use the axe to pry the rhino's horn out of his head after they killed him. Yep. Right? And uh, they use the rifle, of course, to shoot the animal. So South Africa is home to more than 80% of the world's rhinos, rhinos but, the, but the population is depleting by poachers. Yep. So these... Lions went in. They killed three of them. Yeah, baby. Love it. Love I mean, it. Go I, Lions. I, Go I, Lions. I, I, I hate to, you know, cheer the loss of human life, but. Oh, I got no problem with this one. Hey, karma's a bitch, you know, yep. and, and this sort of thing, like, you can't go out there 
and, and poach animals because this is literally what causes species to go extinct. That's and, the whole point here. Yep. And, and when you're out there and something bad happens to you, uh, you know, th that's another thing, too. If this would have been an organized hunt and they were hunting for legal game, someone would have known where they were. Someone would have been able to notify authorities or someone maybe mm -hmm. in that, that group would have been able to have a guide with them. But the fact that they're doing something illegal, uh, I'm sorry, uh, no real remorse on my end for, you know, getting what you get when you're doing something real bad. Good job. Put out the radar, alert the lions where they are, set them free, make them do their work. Okay, now, next, uh, Mark Zuckerberg has been elected the third richest person alive in the world. That's not really that surprising. But now this is something that is somewhat surprising, and I think for MMA fans that have been around for 10 years and have heard of this man and followed his career, but they're actually making a movie, a big movie, about Kimbo Slice. And they're going to have the star, one of the stars of uh, Black Panther, which is Winston Duke. He played T'Challa's Ali Mabuku. Mabaku, excuse me, um, in the highest grossing film, you know, happening, which is Black Panther, one of the highest grossing films. And this is a top notch production being put together. We're going to have a movie about Kimbo Slice leading from his backyard fighting days to his days where he finalized his fighting in the octagon and before he went to boxing and, of course, died tragically at a very young age. So this could be really, really cool. Well, a film that possibly I might even be in because if they depict the UFC, right. and I'm not saying that for reasons of personal endeavor, well, it's just kind of cool that You're, this is all part of his history you are part of the story you know what i mean not not a yeah. not a big part of the story not the narrative per se but you know you were there for one of kimbo slice's biggest moments and that's fighting in the octagon um mm -hmm. you know going back to what we were talking about at the top of the show um mixed martial arts a lot of it is spectacle combat sports is spectacle really sports in general is spectacle he was part of that spectacle right and and he was part of that spectacle if you want to talk about fighters that didn't necessarily belong in certain spots you could argue that Kimbo Slice didn't necessarily belong fighting on television, fighting on network television with Elite XC and, and, and CBS. But the bottom line was he moved the needle. He occupied, um, you know, a space that, you know, moved people. And uh, I, I'm excited to see what that film will look like and, and how they depict Kimbo and, uh, you know, what, what goes on from there. Well, top-notch Hollywood people and talent producers behind it. So we'll see where it goes. Now, the next story <clears throat> Uh, before we're close signing off here, I <clears throat> pardon me. I was surfing this morning. I got still had salt water in my throat. I was uh, uh, very impressed by this. I've seen Chris Pratt do this. Other people have done it in the past. But Gal Gadot, the woman who plays Wonder Woman in the movies, yep. uh, she dressed up in her uniform and she went and visited a children's hospital and sick children as Wonder Woman. Which you know, that just makes me a bigger fan of her. You sure. know, I just think that's wonderful. She doesn't have to do that. God knows how busy she is. She takes the time, and that's what giving back is all about when you're being given so much based on your hard work and your efforts to get there. Right. Good for you, Gal Gadot. Very, very cool. Now, TJ, this weekend I got in Vegas on Thursday. I did the finale and all. Sunday night I did the World Series of Beer Pong. And <laughs> it's amazing, TJ. These guys got talent. I mean, it was just you know, crazy. Everybody's like off their brains, having fun, but it was a lot of fun to do that. And then Monday I did a corporate event, came back. And after all that day in Vegas, I put all this on my Instagram, which is at Bruce Buffer UFC. For those of you who want to follow me on Instagram, um, this morning I got up something I've not done in a long time. You know what I've been dealing with physically in my knees for, right. to prevent me from doing two of my favorite sports, skiing and surfing. Uh, had a great time this morning, uh, with Henry, my godson, who's learning how to surf, being able to be his, uh, his mentor in a way, you know, in the surf and teaching him what I know about surfing, both mentally 
very important when surfing, the enjoyment. And he's getting it mentally. He's getting it physically for sure because he's a good athlete. Um, but I noticed the smile on his face and sure. we went to breakfast afterwards. And it just reminded me of me when I was a kid starting out. And as a godfather who's been a surfer since he was 15 and wanting to share things that I enjoy with my boys, you know, if they want to enjoy them. We met on that equal level as Godfather right. and Godson today, and it was awesome. DJ. We went out at 6 in the morning, Dawn Patrol. That's that great. That's awesome. I mean, that that's one thing I think a lot of this um, country doesn't necessarily uh, get to understand. If you if you live in the middle part of the country, you live in the Midwest. I'm from the Midwest. I thought I knew what the beach was like. I had gone to the beach on vacations. There is something that is truly – I mean, I hate to use the word because some people might think it's stupid of me to say, but there's something um, very spiritual about being out near the, the beach when, when when the sun is coming up and the birds are chirping and it, it no one else is on the beach. We're on the edge of this metropolis in Los Angeles and you're the only one there. It's 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 a part of the world that n- not many people really truly get to experience. And you know we're lucky enough to kind of go grab that whenever we want to living out here. Yeah, and I was in Laguna Beach. Uh, very well put. And I was in Laguna Beach, you know, recently swimming out there. Having a great time. I'm getting back to my own roots, TJ. I need to do these six in the morning uh, dawn patrol sessions, five in the morning. I don't care. As soon as I get in that water, it's it's just I bait all the Vegas out of me. I bait a spirit. I became spiritual. I became. And this is going to sound like you're saying, and I got no problem saying it because the way it is, I was in Poseidon's playground, and I became one with myself again. Yeah, no, I came back I to it. reality. I get yeah. it. And, and there's something. I mean, you know, I've never, I never, you know, ridden a wave like you have, but I've, I've had the surf take me you know, body surfing and playing around with like, you know, a little boogie board and wakeboard. Uh, there's something about feeling the the raw power of that water. And I, I, I'm sorry. I think you just walk away appreciating things more. Well, I appreciate more this morning because when I got up, I was looking for my soft surf racks from my car. Couldn't find them. Had to open up the sunroof, shove the board through the sunroof. I'm driving down with the board sticking out of the Dang. sunroof. I'm at, in my wetsuit when I get down there, I forgot to check on the temperature of the water. The water was incredible. Took off the yeah. wetsuit, just went in, did my thing. It was great. Uh, it's now, so incredibly hot over the last couple of weeks here in Southern California, and I bet the water is perfect. It's just, it's perfect. Now, I feel I'm one with myself. I'm in my Zen mode. Sunday, I don't know if I'm going to be that way at the end of the day. Why? This great event here is called the LA Sports Spectacular. A lot of athletes from basketball, baseball, football, they all attend. Everybody dresses to the nines. It's the dinner and, and uh, presentations and, and all that, and a big party afterwards. And they normally have this at the W Hotel in LA mm-hmm. here last few years <clears throat> or one other location in Century City. But this is going to be different. It's going to be a Snoop Dogg's compound uh, in Inglewood, Hollywood. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. And I'm not going to take a date. Well, I'm, I'm going to take Kristen. Uh, Kristen is like dying to go because she knows that she doesn't want to miss this one. And I th- it'll be a lot of fun. So we're going to go party on Sunday with uh, Snoop Dogg and a bunch of athletes at the LA Sports Spectacular. And, you know, it should be fun. It should be a definite fun party. Yeah, no, for sure. Have fun. Yep. Plan on it. Okay. So now – uh, yada, yada, yada. We're all good to go. And TJ, what do you want to tell the audience before we sign off? Uh, really nothing. Uh, you know, we're coming off of International Fight Week. Um, I've got Invicta coming up next week, so uh, we got a show before that. But uh, yeah, you know, enjoy summer. It's the middle of summer. It's uh, unfortunately for a lot of kids, you're you're in that final stretch of your summer vacation before school starts. Get outside, enjoy it. Uh, it it's been incredibly hot here, but. This is the first summer in a while, Bruce, where I've I've felt like kind of a kid again. Maybe because my son's seven years old and he's running around like a madman. But uh, you know, 
enjoy this time of the year because, uh, you know, it's so few and far between when everything else gets in the way. Enjoy it, folks. Put down the controls. Turn off Fortnite. Get outside. Have a good time. <laughs> enjoy yourselves. Uh, keep sending those. I did, I did a whole bunch of voiceovers and videos today. We were all racked up because I've been out of town for a week. Right. Thanks again for everybody sending them in. It's incredible. Actually, one of our biggest months. There's a ton of orders coming in, and I'm happy to do them all. And again, thank you for your thank you notes. It's really awesome to hear. Uh, with that being said, I am not going to be in Boise, Idaho this weekend. I've not been scheduled for that show. I will be in Hamburg, and I will be in Calgary, and I will be in Los Angeles, and I will be in Moscow, Jeez. and I will be in Dallas, Texas. So it's like I got a lot of UFCs coming up. You're like Shoney Carter, Mr. International. Hey, there we go. Put a tuxedo in a bag, travel to another country. It's like being James Bond, not having to kill anybody. I love it. Give me a casino and get me home. So now, with that being said, I'm going to have a busy week here, lots to catch up on, and some respite. I definitely need to rest and get in the water, and I'm going to be in the water almost every day. That's my plan. So, TJ, always good. Talk to you next week. We'll be back with a solid guest next week. Everybody treat everybody around you with respect. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Be a role model to your sphere of influence. Set your goals. Be an example for everybody, folks. Learn about your goals. Write them down. Then pick that path. Set out on that path. And one thing you have to do, the best you can do for yourself, is to be the best you can be. And that's being a winner. And that's what we're all about on the show is winning because it's time to win. We'll talk more about that next week when we're back. Have a great week, everybody. Buffer out. It's time with Bruce Buffer is a TJ DeSantis production and is property of Buffer Enterprises Incorporated. Its content is intended for private use only.